and welcome to the Mindset Growth Academy podcast. I'm your host, Emma Gibbs-Ung. Each show, I'm going to be using a combination of interviews with incredibly inspiring people from around the world who have achieved greatness, overcome adversity and never given up, as well as solo episodes from me sharing my own journey as a leading mindset coach, helping to inspire, support and guide you to create a growth mindset so you can achieve success in all areas of your life. Are you ready to bring mindset to life and create success from the inside out? Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Mindset Growth Academy podcast. Today I'm joined by Lucy Coffin. Lucy is the founder of Catching Rainbows, which is a fertility therapy and support business helping women overcome the struggles of conception, fertility issues and loss. Today, Lucy will be sharing with me how she came about setting up her business, the impact her own fertility has had on her life and success of her work, and how she has made it her mission to help others to achieve their dreams in becoming parents. So welcome, Lucy. It's lovely to have you here. Thank you for having me. This is such a hot topic right now, um, and one that's not often addressed, but it's something that I felt was really important to, to bring into the podcast. Um, but it's also something that is very close to my heart, having struggled to conceive um, one max and then recently with the miscarriages that I've had. And for me, that I, one thing that I struggle with, I suppose, is there's still so much stigma around fertility and around fertility issues, age of people conceiving, um, IVF, all of that sort of stuff. And it can leave you feeling really isolated, um, really lonely and... at a a loss and so I really want to use this as an opportunity to inspire others to to feel that they can talk about their struggles to talk about the things that they've gone through and to know that they aren't alone and so I am really excited about this interview and um, hearing your side of it because I've obviously I came across Lucy through my own journey um, in trying to conceive and the work that she does is phenomenal and she's played a massive part in keeping me sane, okay. uh, allowing me not to give up hope, but also to, to offer that support that I really needed. So um, I'm very excited to get yeah, going with you and delving into all of your thoughts about everything. But before we do that, can we just go back to the very beginning? So obviously I've mentioned that, that you've... Um, you're the founder of Catching Rainbows. If you could just share a bit about the lead up to you starting your business and, and a bit of background on your own journey. Okay, um, well, I started out as a nurse. So I was working on intensive care and uh, life was all looking like it was going to go very beautifully straightforward. And you know, you get the dream job that you want. And I thought, you know, I married the perfect man and we started trying for a family and it just, it wasn't happening and it wasn't happening and it wasn't happening. And I just found that I was totally um, off the scale, bug nuts crazy about this. And it just made me lose myself I was frustrated I was tearful I was crazy you know it was just such a hard time and there wasn't really anywhere to run other than the internet which was entirely overwhelming um and anyway very long story short we found out that my husband who um actually is now my ex-husband um but that's a whole other whole other podcast 
we found out that he had male fracture issues, which would mean that we would need ICSI um, IVF. And so we embarked upon this journey to start that process. And during it, I just felt that in order to try and find strength, I needed to get a sense of control by doing things that would make me feel like I was, you know, making it more likely to work and settling myself down and drawing on things that would give me faith. And what I found was that I had to compile this all by myself through a range of different therapists and different practices. And, and it was really hard going to put that all together. And I just, it was almost like this calling really to think, you know, this isn't about me saying, oh, I did this and therefore this is what everyone has to do. It was more, there are women out there who are breaking and who have no idea how to get comfort, how to get support, how to figure out what the actions would be that would be right for them. Yeah. And wouldn't it be amazing to be the person who could offer a range of different aspects of support that would incorporate complementaries as well as drawing on my kind of clinical medical background? Yeah. How, how wonderful it would be to just be able to be that port in a storm. So I started catching rainbows um, when I was pregnant with my son and decided that, you know, I was going to do all this extra training and try to create this business. And yeah, bit by bit, I just started kind of applying different practices and principles to friends who were struggling to conceive. And it just, it was like, you know, it just kept working and working and working. And I was realizing that I was becoming a bit of a fertility detective as well as a, um, a kind of professional scooper upper of, you know, all <laughs> and all of that stuff. And I, I mean, I never imagined it would end up being what it is. And I never knew that the things that would be the most useful would be the way that I work right now. But, you know, it's 10 years down the line now and, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people I've been privileged enough to work with. Uh, so it's just, an area that continues to fascinate me yeah I mean certainly from speaking from our experience you know we had male fertility issues and they almost closed the book on us and because we'd had a miscarriage previously that almost went against us and so they were like from a from an NHS point of view they were they were like well sorry it's RVF or nothing at all and the reality was that there was a lot more that could be done but you didn't know that at the time and there was nowhere to turn to to find that out and so so many people end up going down the IVF route and spending a lot of money when they're not I'm not saying that eventually they might not need it but there there was nothing no information to say do you know what have you tried this yeah and certainly when we were told um about Jono's issues um his dad's an acupuncturist his mum's a healer you know they're very um holistic and that really helped because he went on a bit of a mission to sort himself out because he was so determined that, that we would fall pregnant naturally. And actually both of us always believed that we would, but he decided to change his diet, cut out caffeine, cut out alcohol, increase certain foods that were good for sperm um, and have acupuncture weekly. And within six weeks, his sperm had gone from hundred percent abnormal to 93 and which was phenomenal yeah and we then um as you know then started to share that information because you think well 
it might not work for everybody, but it might work for somebody. And it's just letting people know that there is that there is other stuff to do outside of drugs or NHS protocol. That's exactly the crux of what I'm, I'm always trying to get across is that we always feel like you can only go to the doctor who can only refer you to the fertility clinic and that's all there is. And unfortunately, you know, much as modern medicine is phenomenal and wonderful and brings so much to the table, it, it is limited. And there are things that they won't check, that they won't ask for, that they won't offer, that they won't investigate. And I mean, don't even get me started on unexplained infertility. You know, that's a, mm. a huge like passion of mine to say there's always a reason. It's just that, you know, those diagnostics are so limited in what they can offer up. And yeah. I'm, I mean, I don't want to come across as anti-medicine because I'm, you know, I'm a nurse and that's um, a massive part of what I do. But actually... There are always things that you can do. And I, I think the, the main thing is working out what is right for you. Because obviously for Jono, that made a lot of sense to him in terms of it ticked the box on a sort of cognitive scale. He thought, mm. yeah, I'm, that, that appeals to me. It makes sense to me. Mm. I believe in it. I trust in it. And he had that kind of calling, that, that drive inside him to say, these actions feel good to me. And so his body kind of just lapped them up. And, and then it just started to do great things physically and you start to get those results. And I think what people, the biggest barrier that people come up against when I see them is that they've got to the point of saturation and actually yeah. I'm so overwhelmed, I'm so drained, I'm doing all these things, but I'm so battered and I don't even know why I'm doing half of them and I don't know which ones to stop doing and which ones to add in. And yeah. when you're at that stage, anything that you're putting in is going to do absolutely naff all, really. Yeah. It's, it's finding the right combination and feeling confident that that's enough, that you've chosen the right things and that that's enough. And that it feels right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, certainly from, from my point of view, because the months leading up to it, the expectation that it was on me as to why we weren't. And, you know, even like you exercise too much, you wear high heels too much, you're too this, you're too that. And, and then um, obviously to find out that it was John, he, his mindset changed almost straight away to the point of like, no, I'm going to prove you wrong. And this is what I'm going to do. And, and it was in summer and, you know, we are sociable people we do like to have a drink and stuff. And I gave up drink to support him as well, but he had non-alcoholic beer and he would pour it in a, in a pint glass and it looked the same. And yeah. so it's that psychological thing, but a lot yeah. of people were like, but do you not just want one pint? You know, do you not miss it? And his answer was, no, I want a baby more. Mm. And it means more to us to have a baby than for me to have a, a, a pint. And I think that that is really important, not just in fertility, but in life and in, in business and in everything you want to do if your end goal is bigger than all the distractions and all the social pressures then it's easy uh to keep going because you like you know why you're doing it and for him he was like no like i'd love a beer right now i'd love a coffee i'd love whatever but i want to i want a baby even more so it's a, a surprise i'm willing to make and 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 that was what was making sense for him. And actually yeah. the thought of drinking a beer didn't do it for him. It's like, actually, I'm not missing it because I'm so compelled by what I'm doing. And it mm. feels so good that it's actually lifting me up and making me feel good. Um, 
and it, it is it's just always honoring what you're drawn to do I mean yeah. you know I went on a massive secondary infertility journey that looked completely different to my first and I had no idea that I had so many fertility problems because obviously in my head it was always my husband that had the issues yeah. and not me and the things that I did that felt right to conceive my son are completely different to when it came to trying to get pregnant again the second time around. And I did a whole like um, boycotting of alcohol and caffeine and sugar and chocolate and all the things. And it felt amazing because I felt like I'm in control. I'm doing all the right things. Yeah. You know, this is me. Um, taking charge and making sure that yeah I want a baby more than I want any of those things and my body is lapping this up but when it came to trying to conceive the second time around I just couldn't couldn't get the motivation and it wasn't that I I wasn't prepared to do it it was like something in my spirit was saying you need something else first mm. and I in all honesty you know I went on a bit of a a binge, I suppose, of just not particularly self-destructive, but there was an episode where for two or three months, I was doing lots of things that were not good for fertility. Yeah. And my fertility improved significantly at the end of that. And it was because something had clicked in my head. Mm -hmm. um, and I was in a, in a process then, I think, that I was starting to come together with body and mind and, and bringing it all in alignment mm. and, and making that click and kind of honoring what I needed rather than just kind of bullying myself into certain behaviors. And that's a lot of what I do with work is working out with people what actually sits right with you at this mm. time, what brings in that softness, that calm, what brings you basically into homeostasis, which is that kind of balance of all the systems in the body so yeah. that we can start bringing in those endorphins that will trigger that self-repair mechanism that will start to heal places in your body and and put you in the best possible state you know depending what your circumstances are yeah i mean i i can relate to that i mean certainly for me i i totally lost myself and i even remember breaking down at my parents house and saying i just don't know who i am anymore i don't yeah. really know what i'm going to be doing or how i'm going to be thinking or who me and Jono are like we were yeah. just so consumed with it and you can get like that in anything you can get so consumed with it that you forget to see the bigger picture and see beyond it and it's not until I got to that point and thought I can't carry on like this we just need to be Emma and Jono again I just need to be Emma again I just need to have yeah. fun and uh, <clears throat> and actually um when we did that, we then like started talking about um, our life as if I was pregnant or as if we had a child. And we would just like, we'd be cooking dinner and we'd be coming up with the most obscure conversations that if anyone looking into our, our kitchen would be like, what are they talking about? But we were laughing, we were joking, we were future planning, we were having fun with it and we were just letting go. And literally a month later, we fell pregnant. Um, and some people might say that's um, coincidence or whatever. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, I don't care. But the reality was, from that moment of hitting rock bottom to then conceiving, we have fun. Yeah. And we step back from it all. And 
you know, since the, the miscarriages recently, I've had to step back from my business and review things and look at things differently. And I think it's really important to remember that when you're so consumed in everything, that you're so blinded by it, aren't you, that you can't see the wood through the trees. And it is really important, whether it is fertility, life, you know, whatever, to have that trust to step back and, and to review it and yeah. to not be scared to take your foot off the gas. Yeah, and not, not be scared by the feelings that you're having because this will break you. It does break you. And I think there's a lot of pressure to get to the positive, happy place. And it, you know, I, you know, I remember you going through that journey with Jono and, I, and that you had gone through all the things that I'm about to speak about in order to get to a place where you had a bit of peace. Mm. And a little bit of peace allowed you to have a bit of fun. Yeah. And I didn't want people to feel like, will only happen if you can get to that place yeah um, because actually the pressure of trying to get to that happy place um, it's another can be, can, yeah it's huge mm. and, it, and it's really crushing and I, I think the whole point of the mindset side of this is um learning how to sit with yourself when it's totally and utterly horrendous and and it's I suppose I've always thought that none of these these emotions are particularly destructive you know the anger the anguish the the heartache the sorrow the tears the stress the anxiety the reason that they're a problem is because of the resistance that we put up to them so mm. we push them away we fight them away we're frightened of them because i can't have these feelings because i'm never going to get pregnant if i'm feeling all stressed i'm never going to get pregnant if i'm not being positive and yeah. actually you're, you're never going to get to that place if you don't sit with these feelings that you're having, because they are normal. This is a big thing that you want. It's a huge deal that you're going through. And mm. what you can do is learn how to sit with those feelings and almost just let them wash through you, wash over you, let yourself cry, let yourself almost just accept, you know, today I'm feeling flat, today I'm feeling anxious, today I'm a bit edgy, you know? And yeah. actually, as soon as you bring in that acceptance, it's not that you're being passive. It's just that you're being self-caring. Yeah. And, and instantly there's a bit more calm. And then your body has a chance to kind of try to get you back up to somewhere that's a bit more comfortable. But actually these, these days where it's, it's all pretty black, they, they will happen and they do happen. But when you learn that you can cope with them, they become less frightening. Yeah. And when they become less frightening, you lower your resistance. And then everything starts to kind of line up and and be gentler yeah I think you know from my own experience and from experience of my friends um, who've also gone through this it's very hard when you to see the wood through the trees and that fear factor of of taking your foot off the gas um, but also trying lots of things and they're not falling pregnant. So the automatic response often is, well, none of that works. How, what's your advice on that? Because, you know, my set plays a massive part. I certainly believe for me, it was more on the emotional um, self-care element. The mindset piece really worked for me with regards to just recently that I'm a massive believer that if the baby's right, it's, it's right. Yeah. And so when we had our miscarriage, we lost the baby. I was at peace with that because I knew that that obviously things weren't right. Um, and so I really drew on my mindset experience to help me cope with the emotions that go with it. But 
But what's your advice on that? Because not everyone is massively experienced with mindset. And then if they try it and it, and they still don't feel pregnant, the automatic reaction is to blame something or someone to get some sort of justification as to why it's not worked. How do you move people beyond that? Yeah, it's a tricky one. I think it's um, incredibly disappointing when you have just put so much energy and fuel into mindset practices. And I, I will often hear this where people will say, well, you know, I did all these affirmations. I was getting up at five and doing yoga every day. I was feeling great and I was drinking smoothies and I was doing all this stuff. And and then it didn't work. The IVF didn't work or I'm, I'm still not pregnant. And you just then get incredibly deflated and despondent. And I think I would... You know, obviously every case is different, but I would say, okay, so you tried that and what have you got from that? Where did you get from that? Because it's not a case of just, you know, finding a load of affirmations and, and saying them unless, you know, they actually feel right for you. You know, you have to actually line up with it and it has to sit right. It's not like a tick box exercise. And I think you can become without meaning to you end up running through this checklist thinking if I do these things it will work and actually what happens in that process um, through no fault of our own is we become quite detached from where it is that we are actually trying to get and my my belief on it is that you know we're always working to be the best version of ourselves that we can be and sometimes these big life challenges come up in order to mold us and shape us and grow us and shift us and basically break us so that we can be put back together again. And it is these experiences of doing things and getting disappointed. And actually some of these things are so incredibly cruel Mm. that you just end up, you have to break because you can't hold it together anymore. And Mm. then you are forced to put the pieces back together, but maybe in a way that's more right for you that's more authentic for you so you know the woman who bloody hates yoga can go do you know what yoga didn't work i'm not going to do that anymore maybe the woman who hates yoga would rather go on a dog walk you know or you know maybe she hates exercise um maybe that's not right for her body and that's the crux of it is you have to do what's right for you even if you think logically this doesn't make sense you know We, we often go against what our body is trying to tell us. Yeah. And, you know, one tiny example would be, you know those days where you look around and you think, I should be doing all these jobs in my house. Like, you know, I can see that pile of washing, I can see mm. the sink needs cleaning, all these things, but you just can't face it. You don't want to do it. And so, you know, and it's the same with a workload, you know, or a project. You just think I'm going to wade through it and you push through And you end up doing a terrible job and it all looks terrible and you have to redo it all again anyway. And what your body was telling you was you need to sit down and do nothing right now, but we won't honor it. You know, we can't because we've got that kind of sense of duty and what we should be doing and logic takes over. Um, But it's so annoying because actually there are so many times when, when we do what we feel like doing, everything goes really well. And you might have that day where you do nothing and you wake up the next day and think, oh, I'm so motivated and excited and energized. And you suddenly buzz around and get all this work done and Mm. it's done in an hour and it all looks great. 
and it it's the same principles when it comes to fertility and, and anything like that is you must always honor what makes sense for you and be be confident to trust that some of these things that you might be trying there's no point if it if it doesn't appeal to you if that's yeah. if that's not the right thing and it's it's also just trusting that there's a bit of a breadcrumb trail you know one breadcrumb will lead to the next will lead to the next and it's not necessarily going to look like you think it's going to look yeah so being open-minded to the fact that you might find answers to your fertility in the places you least expect it. That, that is so true. And you know what? It's so true in so many areas of your life, isn't it? If you're, if you're told to do something and it doesn't feel right, but you feel you've got to do it, your attitude and your mindset's totally different than if you connect to it and you're bought into it. I mean, I've been like that personally and professionally when I almost rebel. If someone tells me to do something so much, I'd push back from it. And, um, and I think, you know, with fertility, because you're trying to find so many answers, you try everything. But the reality is so important to stay true to who you are, isn't it? Because when you do and you tap into that in intuition, and again, this, is, this isn't just for fertility, but if you tap into your intu intuition, and, and connect with what feels right for you, then that is going to work so much more effectively than anything that you're forcing. Yeah, absolutely. And your body will just respond to it yeah. so strongly either way. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm just like thinking of an example of a, a couple who worked so hard and they've been through so much IVF and they'd had miscarriage after miscarriage and you know then I started working with them and we we did all this this work around creating more courage and allowing them to have a chance to have another go and obviously we were looking at all the physical things in terms of reducing the chance of miscarriage and and they were you know they were a very open-minded open-hearted couple and they really wanted to kind of self-grow through this process and they really saw it as a part of their purpose was um, that, you know, this was molding them into the best kind of parents they were going to be because mm. it was kind of breaking the mold, you know, and did all this work, had that next round of IVF and it worked and they got pregnant. It was all amazing. And oh my goodness, all these little signs and, and little omens and, and things. And then they went for their 10 week scan and no heartbeat. Right. Absolutely devastated. And obviously came rushing to me for well, what the hell, you know, yeah. we thought we'd nailed this, you know, we did this and we did that and we got this sign and, and I was like, right, this is going to be really a tough one to comfort you through because, you know, I didn't see it coming either. And I thought that they had done enough and that it should have all lined up and that losing another baby just felt pointless and cruel and unfair. Mm. And I dug really deep and said, you know, the thing is my philosophy is I don't believe in pointless, needless, endless suffering. I never believe that that's what this is all about. Yeah. If you have lost another baby, then yes, of course we have to explore the physical aspects of this and make sure we haven't missed anything, that there isn't something else that your body needs. But I mean, we were pretty all over that, you know, that was all, all those things were, were in place. Um, so we got to that thing of right okay well what's going on then maybe um maybe you 
set yourself a higher goal than you realized. Maybe you are trying to be much the best possible, possible version that you could possibly be in this lifetime. And maybe you want to access the very best that life could possibly have to offer. And so actually that tends, that, that sort of um, yearning for enlightenment tends to bring about a, a good degree of suffering, sadly. And when we explored it all, she admitted that she was still living in quite a lot of fear over, um, you know, financial things and whether she was going to um, be able to cope with the fact she'd quit her job so that she could, because she couldn't work anymore because yeah. she was so overcome with emotion about the fertility stuff. But she was still hanging on to this, um, is it going to be okay? And, and I think that we just got to this thing of, well, I think part of you wants to be able to trust more. You want to be able to take more risks. You want to have an, a more open perspective on, on life. Um, you want to be less scared. And, you know, that's not for everyone. That, that's pretty big stuff. And that's just where they were. But that's what they latched onto, and that's the work that we then ended up doing. And they ended up in a different place, in a more peaceful place. And yeah, they, you know, they have they've gone on and they they ended up having twins, which was a you know that was weird. I knew this. And that you know, there are a couple that just they're very dear to my heart because you know we worked very intimately together, and yeah. it was very it was very deep. Um, on a sort of mindset soulful lesson for them mm. as well as obviously ticking all the physical boxes yeah so you know it, it's got me to a stage where I've worked with enough people and gone through enough personally that I can really relate to that feeling of like what the hell I did all the things why hasn't it worked there's always something else there's always another door to open there's always something that not that you've missed but you wouldn't have got to this point to be able to get to the next door if you hadn't done that bit. Yeah. Yeah. Which is hard to digest, but is very, very true. And it's that, it's that recognition that we are always evolving, isn't it? And that openness to always learn and expand. And I think that's massive in, in so many areas of life that often when you want one thing or, you know, whether it is a baby or to, hit a new income goal or whatever it is, you become so blinkered on that, that you often don't allow yourself to see everything else going on around you. Um, and it's so important to have that awareness and that time of reflection to, to honor yourself from a, from a mental and a physical point of view, and just to see where you're at, what's working, yeah. what's not. Um, and and to to be open-minded with it you know fear runs fear i mean fear runs in our our lives massively anyway and we all will we'll never overcome it we have to manage it but i think fear the one thing with um fertility is you can't control you have no control over that and that's certainly one thing for me like i'm a i am a control freak and it was i had no control over anything on that physical level um and in my darkest times i had no control over my emotions either um and then you spiral and it's not until i then seek help with you um <clears throat> and with some other people that i really took that that control back of managing my emotions um and you know and that is really 
it's really important in everything that we do is to to honor how you're feeling and to manage it in a way that is personal to you but that is productive but more importantly is honest yeah and i think a lot of women and couples in this situation face a lot of isolation because you get a lot of judgment everyone has an opinion everyone's shoving them at you and the minute that you seem too stressed or too preoccupied or too consumed you know it's all very negative and actually these people have no idea what it's like to be completely immersed in this hell of Mm. i mean i always compare it to a life-limiting illness because actually when you have a disease you are given permission to fight and you have to go through really vicious treatments and horrible things and you're frightened, but you're trying to get your life back. Mm. And when you're going through infertility, you're fighting for the life that you know you have to have because without that life, you're terrified of what mm. might happen to you. Because yeah. you, know, you can't imagine going through life and not being a parent. And the thought of that is so terrifying that you, you do get very much immersed in it and you have to you have to fight that fight. So I, I think a lot of people have to put themselves in a bubble and be really true to themselves and really honest and, and saying to their nearest and dearest, you know, I don't expect you to get it. I don't expect you to say that I'm doing the right thing or that it's okay. But I just, I need you to know that being the way that I am is the only thing that's helping me through this. And you might think that that's wrong, but you know, this, these are the rules that I'm living by at the moment. And I'm just trying to get through so yeah. you know i just have to relay to you that this is how i am or this is what i need and just don't be afraid to to be honest with people because you know in my experience actually most people are pretty receptive when you do actually try to explain it to them and and talk it through yeah totally i mean we were talking about this before we we um started the interview you know there is so much stigma so much pressure for people because women are trying to conceive at an older age, you know, I'm 41 now. Um, I had Max just before my 38th birthday. And there is that pressure um, that comes with that, which adds to everything. But then there's also this pressure of, of keeping everything to yourself all of the time because you don't want to appear weak or imperfect or because the natural you know, thing that we're brought up is that you get married, you have kids, you have a family, etc. And yeah. the reality is it's not like that. And, you know, and for me, it's always been a massive pull to, to reduce stigmas and to show that actually you can talk about it. And I know some people are very, very private and they don't want to. Um, and I, I was saying, you know, when I was at this party for one of Max's friends for his their birthday party and someone said, oh, how hi, how are you? And I said at the time, I'm, I'm going through a miscarriage. And it wasn't to get response from them. It was because I had no energy to tell them that I was all right when I wasn't. And I learned that massively from my past, where I did lie about my past and try to put on this front. And it, it took me to burnout and I was signed off yeah. work, which is horrendous. Um, and I can't lie anymore. And I'm not a massive talker. Um, it's one thing that drives my husband crazy. I'm not a talker, but I don't have the energy to pretend that everything's all right when it's not. When my energy was going on protecting my son at the time from going through stuff. And yeah, I just yeah. think it's really important for people to feel that they can talk about these sort of things. 
um, and that the judgment it doesn't isn't as bad as you think it is and it doesn't have to be like this negative thing either that actually is often when I've you know I've said it so many people have then said oh yeah well I had one or my friend had one or so-and-so's gone through this yeah. suddenly they feel that it's all right to talk but not everyone feels comfortable at bringing it it up and I'm not saying everyone has to be but what I really want is to people for people to know that you can talk about it it hasn't because you're feeling isolated you're feeling vulnerable you're going through a lot anyway adding all of that secretness to the mix oh, and that it is exhausting and feeling that you can't say anything through worry of you know how people are going to respond same with anything if you're sharing goals with you know your aspirations your dreams not everyone's going to agree with them um and that's more on them than it is on you but actually if you can say something and then someone else offers some words of support or you inspire and support someone else isn't that better isn't than... it? I mean, why we are not taught how to sit with each other when we're in pain mm. don't know we're, we're taught to chivy each other up and mm put a spin on it and make it positive and cheer you up. That's mm. what we're supposed to be doing. And actually when you're feeling really upset or traumatized or you're going through something incredibly difficult, the thing that makes you feel better is when people acknowledge you and validate it by mm. agreeing with you. Yes, that is really hard. Gosh, you must be really struggling how tired you must be. And you know, you at Max's party going, you know, someone say to you, gosh, you know, what a lot you've been through to then also have to come here and, you know, mm. be, be in public and talking to people. You must be really exhausted. You know, you must be drained. And just to be told that is so soothing, but yet so many people find that impossible. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I think a lot of people don't talk about it because they're worried about how much energy it's going to take them to cope with the responses that they get yeah. and how it just chips a little bit away from you. Every time someone just puts you down in some way, like mm. for you, somebody might say, well, you know, at least you've got Max yeah. straight away. You don't actually have the right to be upset about yeah. having this yearning for another baby because he's your consolation prize, you know, mm. wrap him up in a bow and then you don't have to be upset anymore. <laughs> Ta-da! And yeah. But I am upset. Yeah. I'm really upset. And I need to be allowed to feel that. And I, I hope that our culture is changing on that front. Yeah, I, you know, I hope so too. It, I find, I don't find it easy because I hate, I hate pity. I've never, I've, I've never been one yeah. to want pity. And I don't say things for pity or for people to feel sorry for me at all. I say things because I speak from the heart and I'm, I'm authentic. Yeah. Um, and and I just find it draining trying to not be who I am, if you know yeah. what I mean. Why are we talking that as well? Why? Yeah. You know, you must cover yourself up and just say that you're fine. Yeah. And I think it's so important for for women in particular, but men also, because none of us are very good at saying that we're not all right. And we always like to pretend that we are. And it is really important to sometimes to say, do you know what, actually, I'm not or I'm feeling this and because support networks are massive. It doesn't matter what you're going through. If you want to succeed, you want to be successful in anything, you need a support network. You're never going to do amazing things solely on your own. 
even like you look at, at, at sports people who are individual athletes, they have a team behind them. You look at oh, yeah. they have a team behind them. You look at families, they have a team, you know, I've got my family and Johnny's family are amazing support. We don't do it all on our own. No. Everything you do that's successful, you have a team around you and it's so important to recognize that you don't have to do all of this on your own. And, but the only way that you can um, get that support is by being open and saying to people, and I've learned that the hard way, by saying to people, I'm not all right. Because people will say to me, are you all right? And I'll be like, yeah. And they'll be like, do you want a hug? And I'll be like, no. And in my, everything in me is going, yes, I want a hug. And I'm like, no, no, I don't want a hug. Mm. And it's saying, yeah, I do actually. Yeah, I'm not okay. I'm really not yeah. okay. And uh, I mean, I, I've written a lot of letters to people, for clients, you know, on their behalf to say, to a loved one, to, you know, a parent or, you know, a work colleague or something. I just really need you to understand where I'm coming from. Like, yeah. this is my world at the moment. And this is why, well, if I'm writing on their behalf, I'll say, you know, I, I think you might need to understand that she's been through this, she's been through that. This is what yeah. it does to a person. This is yeah. how that breaks down. This is what will help her. This is what she needs. And that's kind of the second part to being open about how you are is being able to ask for what you need. That's yeah. um, incredibly helpful, especially on the fertility journey to say to people, what I need from you is this. I need you to be okay with the fact I'm not gonna come to your baby shower. And yeah. um, I need you to be okay with the fact that sometimes on a weekend, I just don't feel able to be sociable and you might ask me out for a family lunch, but sometimes I'm crying all day and yeah. I just need to be doing that and trying to pull it together to come out might sound like it's doing me good. And sometimes it is, but often not. And I need you to honor that, you know, and just respect that sometimes I just can't face being sociable and it's not your fault and it's not about you. You know, just this, this is what I need. And that is such an eye-opening experience for women and for men to, to sit and actually work out, what do I actually need? Mm. And, and again, that, that starts to form the path on how you resolve these fertility issues so mm. i've got loads of clients who will come to me and say well you know i took this job that i really hate it's a three-hour commute but you know i took it because i knew i'd get good maternity pay so uh, i'm hanging on in there because i'm waiting to get pregnant and then it'll all pay off but i'm like well what do you really want to do well actually i really want to be a photographer or mm. you know actually uh, i really dream of writing um or there's this job you know, down the road and it's less pay, but I'd love it. I think, well, that's what you have to do then. That, yeah. And that will free you up so much in terms of how you're feeling, how well you are, how well your body works. And this whole like trying to do things because it's logical, even though it feels so awful, if it goes against the grain, it probably is doing that inside your body. So yeah. that is not your route to um, setting yourself up for conception and pregnancy you know take the risk yeah and I think you know uh, our main topic here that we're talking about is fertility um but that a lot of what you're saying applies to life yeah I I hear so many people say oh you know, my job's got good maternity pay so I'm staying or um I really want to do this but the pay's not that good 
or I'd love to run my own business, but I worry about the, the income and all of that. And they, but I hate my job or I hate my boss or whatever. And so many of us are guilty of putting ourselves second and not listening to the things that we want because of fear um, and because of autopilot and, and judgment and pressure and all that sort of stuff. But the minute you take that step, Right. I mean, obviously I started my business because I was made redundant. Would I have done it? I don't know. But mm -hmm. the, I did it when I found that opportunity and I took that opportunity with both hands. The timing was crap. I was just starting to try to fall pregnant, um, starting that whole journey. I, I just got married. You know, it wasn't the yeah. best time, but I took that risk. And that's because everything in me was telling me to. And I think that's the thing. When, when you can move... Or when you connect to your goals and to what you want and how that's going to make you feel, things come to you so much easier. Whether it's at peace with not being a mother or, you know, conceiving or um, running a business or, you know, being a sports person, whatever it may be, things come to you so much more when you get aligned with your intuition. Yeah. Exactly. It's and, and fertility is an interesting topic on this just because it encompasses all of you. I think it affects every part of you, which is why, therefore, it will affect every part of your life in terms of mm. home, work, relationships mm. and, and everything else. So, yeah, if you're if you're honoring what it is that you you want to feel, you will end up with the outcomes that you want. It's sometimes we try to make it look a certain way. And I have you know you see it all the time people trying to work through their tick list of if i can get that house if we can upgrade to that house mm. if then we can get this car if i can get that job and if i can have a daughter and a son you know then i will have the life that i want yeah and people were not realizing that actually what we want to do and feel might not necessarily look like that and that's totally okay and if we can let go of some attachment to the outcome of the specifics yeah then all sorts of different doors open up. And if we let go of some of the pressures that we put on ourselves to conform in certain ways, yeah. then we, we rejig what, what it looks like to be happy. And we realize that actually something that I've come up with sort of quite recently, probably in the last year, is just that revelation that, God, you know what? It doesn't matter what circumstances I have. I have the same emotional spectrum and it just applies in a different context. So, you know, I'm, I would say I have a very vast emotional spectrum because I'm very empathic and sensitive and that's, you know, the kind of personality that I have. But it also means that I'm capable of feeling the depths of despair, depression, anxiety, fear. Yeah. But I can go all the way up to euphoric joy and, and I can do that in a day. And, you know, I'm not, you know, it's not like I, I have um, a condition that would mean that, you know, that's not a stable thing for me. It's just... I move through feelings all the time and it isn't as long as the anchors in your life are the right things, then you are going to fluctuate up and down through those different emotions, but you can still call yourself happy. You know, I say on the whole, I am happy because I have created what I want in my work, created what I want in my home and mm. my family and my relationships. But I still, you know, I will still have days where I can access exactly the same level of despair and difficulty than I, I have in actual times of, you know, complete crisis. But 
I'm much better at handling it now because I get much less frightened of it. Yeah, I think, you know, that, that's it. It's being fluid, isn't it? And it's your comeback rate, um, I find, with any of this. The more aware you are of the fluctuations and the more aware of your triggers, um, the more the quicker you can have that comeback rate to, to sort yourself out. But I just want to touch on what you just said then about, um, you know, a lot of people have this, oh, I want my business to be this and I want my house to be this and then I'll be happy and I want my, my car to be this. And the reality is we'll always put levels, but the truth yeah. is until we're happy within ourselves, none of that actually matters. Like, yeah. you know, we can all want this dream house. Well, you can live in a dream house and be miserable because you're still yeah. dealing with the, like you look at a lot of um, celebrities who, in theory have everything like Robin oh, yeah. Williams, for example got lots of money you know had an amazing lifestyle was in a brilliant band had you know so many fans and was miserable oh and, they're terrified aren't they and so it comes from being in tune with yourself and um and staying true to yourself as to what actually you want to think and feel how you want to be as a person and as a result of that this is what you want to have in your life but it all comes from you to start off yeah. with if you you're are the, you, you're okay. so the judge of it aren't you you know i mean you are your own god i'm a real believer that you know god isn't this sort of thing outside of us that exists to judge us and test us you know actually there's a little bit of us that is our own spirit you know mm. that we have this kind of internal compass almost that is linked to something in this kind of collective consciousness that we can never fully understand but when you get those little instinctive moments that's when you're really in touch with that spirit part of you and and the more you live like that the less your ego has a chance to try to dictate how things should be because sometimes when you live by your ego you become so miserable because you're driven by these goals that you think mm -hmm. matter they don't matter to anyone except you. Yeah. And if you're not having a good time, then mm. what are you doing? You know, I mean, I, I, the visions I used to have for my business just exhausted me. Mm. I just went through this stage of, well, you know, I want X amount of people on my mailing list and I want to get this many people liking me on Facebook and uh, I want to sell this many products. And, and I just, I've never been so detached than when I was in that process of trying to follow that business model yeah. and it felt so wrong you know to send emails to people that were kind of all catchy and you know all oh, sign up to this and do this and I've seen it work for lots of businesses and I know that I had latched onto that a few times yeah. and thought you know this is great you know this is really helpful and I love this person and I want to be that person but it, it clearly isn't me, you know, it just doesn't work because the more I try to force that, the less, the less it works and the more yeah. miserable I get. And when I just got to this stage of thinking, you know what, actually, today I went to work and I worked with four people and I made a difference. Mm. And that's enough, actually. Yeah. Um, that's, that fills me with a lot of joy and satisfaction and pride. Um, just that's how I want to feel. So as long as my business continues to make me feel those things, it can go anywhere at once. You know, I don't want to put limits on it. 
And obviously I'm very open to a multi-million pound deal or something like that. But I never want to be that person that's completely unapproachable because I know that I've followed people and looked up to them in and you know read their books or whatever and looked at their stuff on their website and maybe bought into their product and and then you just can't get to them it's like actually they're now not even writing their own blogs they have everybody doing everything for them and you just feel I feel kind of cheated and a bit let down and and I don't know why but I just it just does something to me that I think god if you can't you can't even connect to that person if they're offering a service to say do coaching but you can't be coached by them because they're too important you can be coached by one of the people that works for them yeah i think yeah but it's you that i like why can't i work with you and i you know i get it i get people get busy and that they have to connect with thousands of people rather than you know hundreds but i i think i've just realized that's not me that's not how i want to be and it's it's not uh I'm throwing in the towel. I'm just going to say I'm not going to do it because then I haven't got the pressure. It was like, no, I just don't think it's me. I think I'm quite happy digging yeah. along and and doing my little bit, you know, because my little bit means a lot to each of those people. And that's the thing is that's such a you know a key thing to to almost end with in the fact that we can get caught up in what other people are doing and we can conform to to what everyone else is doing because we think that that's what we have to do and you lose yourself again you know like we've just said with the whole fertility stuff but you know in business you you can lose yourself and you suddenly your ideas aren't your own anymore and they're in line with somebody else's because that's what everyone else is doing and it's it goes back to that staying true to yourself and connecting with what you want to achieve and what you want to feel and what you want to get out of this all um, which just really kind of ends it very nicely in the fact that regardless of what we are doing, whatever our goal is, if we can get really good at connecting with our feelings and thinking about why we're wanting to, to do the things that we want to do and what sits right with us and what feels right with us, yeah. then everything will flow in a, in a better way. Um, in a more manageable way yes there will be challenges and there are no guaranteed results certainly you know with with fertility which we've been talking about but you manage things so much easier because everything is karma totally and you you're so much more open to things going different ways than you may have ever expected and realizing that sometimes going that way opened the door to something that brought you something else that was brilliant you know um some such dark things have happened in my life and each thing has led me to something that completely sorted something else out and shifted my perspective on something changed you know i i battled against you know why can't i get pregnant why can't i get why have i got to go through this had i not gone through that i would never have come across the job that i love doing and and i think that the fertility journeys make you the mother that you actually want to be Mm. you know i I know that i would have been a different kind of mother had i not Mm. gone through the battles that i did i mean it took me over a decade to get both of my children and um i i'm actually like thank god it went that way because i i don't think i would have been the me that i want to be if i hadn't had to figure out all the stuff that goes with that definitely 
it's exactly that. I mean, often people say, you know, hindsight is a great thing, but it's really important to know, I believe everything happens for a reason. I know that I've gone through all of my past, some of which I've spoken about today, that has made me the mum that I am uh, to Max, the wife that I am to Jono, and the, the business person or the coach I am to my clients, because I wouldn't be doing any of this had I not gone through all of that. And I think that's the thing, is that, this everything is happening for a reason and you'll figure it out at some point yeah you'll you'll work it out um, yeah. if you've got your eyes open and your heart open you will you will work out why and you will find a way to be as at peace as you can with it and i i always think you will never end up with a compromise you will always end up with what what makes most sense for you so it's not about you not getting the thing that you want most of all it's just about maybe you want to be a better version of yourself when you get to that place of having it. Definitely. Lucy, I could talk to you for hours, as you know, (laughs) but um, thank you so much. I think it's, you know, this, this was a different one because fertility is very different. Um, Some people, you know, fall pregnant easily and and don't ever have to think about it, but it's a topic that is, is pretty hot. Um, But also, for those of you that have listened, hopefully you'll be see, be able to see and, and hear the fact that actually this is not just about fertility. This is about managing your own happiness and your goals and managing your mind in a way that allows you to feel how you want to feel. And so I really appreciate you coming on um, today and talking about all things fertility and others. Mm. Um, you are awesome. And um for anyone who is interested in finding out more about your work, where can they find you? At catchingrainbowsfertility.co.uk. Awesome. So, Do you have yeah. social media? We are on Facebook and Instagram, Twitter. We're not brilliant at that, if I'm totally honest. We, yeah, we, um, we do what we can, Kath and I, uh, but uh, we, we are so often just prioritising doing things for our lovely clients that yeah yeah, the facebook updates and that you know they happen as and when but we are we are around you are around well i'll add the links anyway to to the show notes but if anyone is interested in finding out a little bit more uh, about the work that lucy does or have any questions or anything like that then um by all means either contact me or contact her and we'll see if we can um, get you the support that you need Absolutely. so thank you so much thank you for having me awesome. and um, yeah I hope you enjoyed the show that's all for this episode thank you so much for listening if you've enjoyed this show please head over to iTunes subscribe and leave a review bye for now bye